This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome everyone to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam and I'm your host and joining me virtually for the first time in the history of the podcast is Dr. Richard Blackaby. All the way from the Broadmoor Hotel in Colorado Springs. Uh, well, it's, it's, have you ever been here? It's, it's, we're kind of slumming it this week. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I, you know, my tiny violin gently weeps for you, <laughs> yeah. so this is really tough. We've, we're all, we've all been praying for you back here on the home front. Um, but uh, Richard, you've been. I'm sensing the- a certain um, level of ins- insincerity there, Sam. But never, that's all right, Richard. You know, I would never be <laughs> like when you when you tell me you feel bad for me about my Buffalo Sabers. It's kind of a similar kind of insincere mm, well, kind of tone. You know, well, I'll leave that up to our, our <laughs> listeners to decide. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you've you've been on the road uh, pretty regularly now uh, this fall. Yeah. You've got a busy, busy travel season, so we're trying to fit this in where we can, and uh, it happens to be uh, when you're in Colorado, so here we go. Um, this week, we want to look at um, really God's, uh, you know, God's design for you and what your purpose is, what that looks like. We've talked some before on here, you know, about God's purpose being, you know, for example, for you today, you know, God's purpose is not some distant thing way out in the future that you have to just wait for, but but he has a purpose for you today. But uh, we're going to unpack what that means uh, and, and what God's design uh, for you is and, and how you live uh, in that. And so, Richard, I'll, I'll stop there and let you uh, unpack that for us. Yeah, let me maybe just begin with a statement, and that is, you are perfectly designed for the purpose God has for you. Uh, we're going to unpack the fact that God does have a purpose for your life, but he, knowing that he had a purpose for your life b- before the earth was formed, before life began, God knew you would be on this planet at this time, and he had a purpose uh, for you. And so even the way he shaped you, the way he fashioned you physically, emotionally, environmentally, uh, he's done that keeping in mind all along the purpose he has for you. And I just felt like this week it would be good to, to remember that. that you, and that's why God, for one reason, why you're, God didn't make you like all your friends or even your own other family members because he's got a different purpose for them. And so I think one of the key questions any Christian can ask is, and so what is God's purpose for me? Yeah. So I, I'm, I, I thought maybe it just kind of reminds some folks, many of you have heard uh, this story, but it always inspires me that uh, in about uh, in the early 1400s, uh, there was a group of merchants in Florence, Italy, that decided that they wanted to beautify their cathedral. And so they decided to commission various artists to produce 12 sculptures of Old Testament characters and they were going to put them up on the buttresses near the roof line of the cathedral so that as you looked up at this magnificent cathedral, you would see these, these beautiful sculptures. And so 1410, Donatello, the famous sculptor, did the first one. He, he, did it, he chose Joshua, which wasn't a bad beginning. And so they placed Joshua up there at the top of the church. And uh, then for about 53 years, uh, there was a... a a delay. I'm not sure if it just took a while to pay off Donatello or, or what. Donatello got really busy, but uh, 
finally, in 1463, uh, one of Donatello's uh, disciples, Agostino de Duccio, uh, he worked very closely with uh, Donatello. Of course, Donatello is much older by then, so he sort of um, coached uh, de Duccio. But the, the second person was finally done, the second statue in 1463, about 53 years later. Interestingly, he did a statue of Hercules. <laughs> and, uh, I have That's no doubt that it was... favorite Old Testament. Yeah. <laughs> Testament. <laughs> I, I often quote out of first and second Hercules. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah the, it might have been good art, but it was bad theology. Um, <laughs> but, but when you have Greek gods and characters coming into the Old Testament, but they, so oh, they... Just a translation error there, just got... Yeah, uh, and so apparently the, uh, the, the but the, the, the people, uh, the church people were happy with what he did, so in 1464, a year later, they have him work on the next uh, statue, so he gets a big, about a six-ton uh, slab of marble, and he begins to chisel away and uh, cut things out, and uh, right around that time, Donatello, his master, dies. And soon afterward, I don't know if I, I, we don't we really don't know why, but Deduccio stops work. He's now he's done a bunch of cutting and shaping, and then he just quits. He he walks away. And so for about uh, well, for a couple of years, for well at least for ten years, um, it just sits there, cut and and mards uh and you know chiseled at but then just abandoned and, and 10 years later they enlist antonio rossellino and they say would you come in and take over this slab of marble that's now been cut away at and there's holes here and there and uh, and try to work with that and so he starts to do that and then before long he gives up i and i i suspect he just kind of looked at what had been cut up and he said, I just, I can't work with this. I don't, I, I think it's, it's too cut and damaged or marred to, to, to continue. And so he walks away. So for the next 25 years, this slab of marble just sits in the, in the cathedral courtyard. Uh, it's being rained upon. Uh, it's just sitting out just in the elements. It's rejected. It's cut up. Uh, holes in it, but um, they, that they called it the giant. It was just this giant slab of marble that had been rejected. That uh, at least two masters had just said uh, it, nothing really can be done to salvage it. Was it and so I eventually? It was, is it considered the first uh, modern art? <laughs> yeah, right. Why well, they thought why why do anything? This will eventually be popular. <laughs> uh, but eventually, they actually uh, consulted with a couple of experts, including uh, Leonardo da Vinci, and they finally decided that they would take another run at it. But instead of even getting da Vinci to work on it, they enlisted a 25-year-old Michelangelo. And uh, Angelo began working uh, in, on August 16th, 1501. And, uh, and it's not until 1504 that he finally uh, unfolds his masterpiece. Of course, it's the Statue of David, and uh, was considered to be, uh, to this day, one of the great greatest works of art. And uh, yeah. and, and I love that story because um, uh, what others had rejected, what others had said, nothing good really can come from this. Um, a master who looked at it said, "No, uh, in the hands of a master, there's a, there's a masterpiece to be had." And and uh, Michelangelo is the one who famously said. 
when I'm looking at a slab of rock, I, I, do, I just chisel. He says, I see a masterpiece in my mind. I just chisel away everything that doesn't look to me like a masterpiece. And when he gets rid of all the excess marble, what's left is a breathtaking masterpiece. Yeah. There, there's an interesting sequel to that, that um, I actually learned from my son, Daniel, that's much more uh, fluent in art and culture than I am. And uh, and he pointed out something that I, I I I had noticed, but I didn't I didn't really understand. And that is that when you look at that statue of David, it it's it's out of proportion. It's uh, uh, of course it was made it was made large, um, and so it kind of looks like a giant. In fact, the the, the marble it was it came from it was called the giant. Um, and, and yet it's a, basically a picture of young David and of course, David fought a giant, but he wasn't a giant. Yeah. But when you look, when you look at this uh, statue, apparently, especially the top half of, of his body, his torso really is, is not in the proper proportion for what he should look like, like a normal human body. It, it's, it, it doesn't really look like a normal human body. And, uh, I've noticed that I always just racked it up to artistic, you know, impression that just their, their approach to that. And Daniel was the one that pointed out to me that actually the problem is that when he, when Michelangelo finished the sculpture, uh, the thing weighed six tons and there was just no way for them to haul that thing all the way to the top of the cathedral. Just, we wouldn't, they couldn't sustain it. They couldn't lift it up there. So they decided they had to just put it on the ground somewhere where people could admire it. And that's what has, has happened to it. Uh, but, but the, the reality is that when Michelangelo designed it, he designed it to be seen from the ground up on the rooftop right. and had they placed it on the rooftop and you looked at it from the ground, all the proportions would have been just a perfect. They would have, they would have looked just like a normal person. Yeah. It just, you would have, you would have been able to see it from that far down below and from that perspective, it would have looked great. It would have looked very lifelike. Um, the problem is that, that that masterpiece was never placed where it was designed to be placed. Hmm. And I love that illustration because uh, it's not just that God shapes you, but then you also have to be placed where God intended. And so, for instance, if God wants you to be an entrepreneur starting your own business, but you never have the courage to step out from your secure nine to five job to take that risk, then you may still experience some success, but you'll never experience all that your designer wired you to, to experience. And, you know, I know yeah. people that feel that they were called to medicine or to, to other fields or to, but they felt like, well, I don't know if I could afford that or that might take too long. So I'll just do this instead. And so it's not that you can't serve God in other ways, but you're not fulfilling the total design that God intended for you. And so to fully experience God's purpose for your life, you not only have to do what God designed you to do, but you also need to do it where he designed you to serve him. Hmm. And there's a, that's a beautiful picture. It is, isn't it? And uh, of course um, in Ephesians chapter two, verse 10 it says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. And that word for workmanship is 
really could do, you could translate that as a word for masterpiece. It's we have been fashioned by God, and um, and there's an, there, the, that word workmanship uh, is only found one other place in the Bible, uh, Greek word, and and Paul uses it both times. The other place where he uses it in Rome is in Romans chapter one verse twenty. And there Paul says for his, you know, he's talking about when you look at the stars at night and you, you see the vastness of the universe and it points to God is kind of the point of that. And he says for his invisible attributes, that is his, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen since the creation of the world being understood through, and then there's that word workmanship again, but it's translated, it's understood through what he has made or his workmanship. Mm -hmm. And so the, the two words there, both time meaning workmanship, what they, what they mean in, in, in Romans, what it's saying is basically you go out on a starry night and you look up into the, into the sky and you are amazed at God's handiwork. You, you look up at the star and you say, wow, what an awesome God that is. Uh, the handiwork of God. And actually that, that Greek word is a, a word poema. And it's actually the word that we ultimately get our, our English word poem from, which is a, a work of poetry, something of beauty. Um, and, uh, and so when, when you look at space, you see God's handiwork and it's a thing of beauty and you, it's, it's like poetry in the sky. And that's the very same word in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, where God says, you are God's masterpiece. You are his work of poetry, if you will. But, uh, but to, to be viewed as the masterpiece God intended, you've got to be doing what God purposed for you, and you've got to be doing it where he purposed for you. Uh, and so I love that, just that picture. And I, you know, we've talked about this, Sam, uh, before, but uh, that means that if God knows the masterpiece he wants you to become, and he knows the purpose he has for you, then, of course, the kinds of experiences he allows you to have in your life, the kind of relationships you have, the kind of encounters you have with God when you're having a quiet time, uh, the things God says to you when you're praying, all of those are going to be used by God to chisel away things in your life that are not going to help you fulfill his purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I've often asked myself, if I'm ever to achieve everything God intended, I have to chisel away first. Learn how to ask better questions to help move people onto God's agenda. Register now for the next Spiritual Leadership Coaching Workshop, October 21st through the 23rd in Jonesboro, Georgia. Find out more information and register at blackabycoaching.org slash workshop. Links will be in the show notes. Richard, there's a lot to be said about uh, just craftsmanship in general, and and sort of listening to you talk about that just reminds me of uh, you know when you have like a something that's handcrafted and you know made by a master, um, it just yeah. works so much better. And I sort of contrast yeah. that with um, sort of uh, mass produced, and I think even on a you know maybe this is too meta but uh, on a uh, on a larger scale I, I do feel like there is this trend in society to go more away from mass produced and people want handcrafted and they want 
something yeah. that was made by a master. And uh, yeah. I, I just think it's it's valued so much more, too. And so I, I don't think that's an accident that, that humanity has this craving for things that are done with excellence by masters in their in their craft. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm like, I'm recording this with you today uh, from a four-star hotel. And, you know, I, I stay, I don't, that's not my common accommodations. I've stayed in here before, but, but you know, you just, when you look at something that's just kind of run-of-the-mill, mass-produced as yeah. compo- compared to something that's done with quality and pride and excellence, there's a world of difference. And I, and, uh, and I, but at the same time, I, I think it's just great for us to realize God didn't mass produce any of us. Right. We, we are the handcrafted masterpiece of God. And sadly, we don't often live that way. And when we have a sitter who made us, if we kind of looked on the, you know, on our back, and yet we, we put ourselves down or as if we're junk. And, uh, so, you know, I think uh, the key is not only that we are made by a master, but we are made with a purpose and we're made for with a purpose in a, in a place. And mm. so what I'd really want our listeners to think of today is just, uh, do you, number one, do you know what your purpose even is? Yeah. Uh, and, and your purpose, I can promise you, is not simply to pay off your house one day uh, or just to try to survive until you can retire and then go golfing when you, whenever you want. Your, your purpose is to make a difference for God's kingdom in some way. Yeah. Uh, and, so I guess and, my, the, the question, I guess, that comes to mind then would be, you know, how, what do you do to help people to get on that track to, to, you know, reject the sort of mass produced, hopeless sort of uh, just another cog in the machine to pay off the things that you may not even need and, you know, you can. There's a lot of emptiness and and um, brokenness there, but but oftentimes it seems that's the only way. So, you know, what are some things that that we can do uh, even today to say, well, you know, maybe I I feel like I don't know what my purpose is, or I don't I don't feel like I know what that calling is on my life. How can I yeah. start to to make sense of my life and and what God is actually uh, have in store for me to to do. Yeah. Well, one is I'd say get to know God better than you ever have before. But secondly, it's amazing to me how many people don't know themselves very well. Yeah. And they don't, you know, I've known people that were very gifted in certain areas, but they thought they didn't see it, you know, and they didn't realize how gifted they were in certain areas. And you just shake your head and say, like, how could you not know? Like, it's obvious you're very good at that. But the problem is we tend to compare ourselves with other people and, and, and we're comparing the wrong things. Even we're looking at the wrong things, uh, you know, because God wired you a certain way, Sam, when it comes to technology, I'm not going to compare myself to your technology skills and abilities, or I'm going to just feel like a, a worthless lump of coal, you know, but, um, but, but God didn't wire me and purpose me in that way, you know? So yeah. I, I've got to say, well, what has God, what has God put in my life? What passions has he given me? What, what fruitfulness, when I do certain things, there's a lot of fruit. When I do other things, there's nothing, you know? And yeah. so I, I, how well do I, cause I know some people that really want to do certain things, but God's not wired them to do that. You know, I, my dad tells a, 
uh, interesting story when he was a pastor and he had a, a woman in his church that really wanted to teach women Sunday school, Bible study. And, but, but she was a terrible teacher, but she thought that would be such a spiritual godly thing to do. And she literally had three classes die under her where, I mean, it just, she was horrible. And she was coming to my dad and saying, well, could you give me another class to teach? Cause I feel like that's what God wants me to do. And my dad basically said, you just weren't wired to do that. Like there's no fruit. There's no, res there's no positive results. What would make you think that you were, that was your purpose? Just because you want to do it doesn't mean it's your purpose. Yeah. Uh, but she, but dad said, but you know what? I've noticed that whenever you pray, heaven seems to move in that direction. And so dad began to give her lists of names of people that, that the church was ministering to. Maybe they, these people weren't Christians yet, or they had some kind of brokenness or whatever and uh, maybe a marriage that was in trouble. And she, she dad gave her like a hundred names of different people with need. And each week she, as she prayed, she'd call my dad and say, Hey, I, God put these three people on my mind and heart this week. And I have really been praying for them just, just fervently. And sure enough, those three people would all have these God experiences that week, or they'd come forward to, to become a Christian in the service or something. Wow. And so then next week, dad would give her, you know, say, well, he, who is God? You know, here's some more names. Keep praying for him. Well, she became a powerful, powerful instrument in that church. And uh, even after my parents moved to Canada, they still would call her at times and say, you know, please pray for this, because yeah. we just know that you're, you're God purpose for you to be a great intercessor. And, and once she found her purpose, and then all of a sudden she was just seeing all kinds of awesome things happen, but she was the only one in the church that was wired quite like that. So she had nobody to compare herself to. She saw lots of other Bible teachers. So she, you know, she, well, I, I'll be like them. Yeah. And that's, and that, so like I would say, don't, you know, do and... you know, don't get your, don't get your sense of purpose from looking at other people, you know, get your look to God and then let him show you in your own life. Uh, what it is. And typically it's going to be something that you tend to, I wouldn't even say you're, that you're just naturally good at, but that you, but whenever you do it, God, there's fruit, there's yeah. results. And, uh, and certainly if it builds God's kingdom, when you do that, that's important. So, you know, maybe just to kind of conclude that, to say there's a lot to it and more than we can get into in this podcast, but, uh, but the, but the bottom line is, after listening to this podcast today, are you confident that you know what God's purpose is for you? Are you confident of that? And are you confident that you're doing it right now in a place that can showcase what God designed you to do? Mm -hmm. if, if you were meant to be on a rooftop, what are you still doing on the ground floor? Yeah. You know, find, yeah. uh, see if you can't reposition yourself. So now you're in a, in a place where you can really showcase uh, the awesome work that God went to, to put you together. And, uh, and don't, and, and, and rather than necessarily maybe begrudging the, the pain of your past, the disappointments and hurts and failures, nobody wants to have to experience any of that, but that might well have been the chiseling uh, that God used to get you into a place where now you, you you may not end up being the kind of person you wanted to be, but you might be perfectly suited for the assignment that God has for you. So look around, um, you know, I've known people that um, went through some of the worst possible kinds of hurts. Uh, I mean, maybe they were incarcerated at one point. They, that, that would never be the job career that they'd want, but now they have a real heart for others that yeah 
are facing legal issues or prison, you know, maybe they're, they're ex-convicts or someone lost a, a child, maybe through miscarriage or something else. And that's a horrible thing. No one would desire that. But now they're being used by God to minister to other parents who've lost children. And, and you realize, well, even through some of the painful experiences of my life, um, God has taken that and used that to give me a unique purpose that most other people don't have. And the world will go wanting if I don't fulfill the purpose God has for me. Um, and so whatever that is, I knew a businessman one time that was a great business person. But he really desired to preach and to teach and um, and nothing wrong with that, but it's just not the way God wired him. He, he could start a company with his eyes closed, but he just, he as much as he had things he wanted to say, God hadn't necessarily gifted him as a communicator. And so it was just a waste of God's giftedness to try to do something, however noble it might have seemed, if that's not how God wired him. So... It may be that some of us, those who are listening today, um, are trying to do something they weren't designed to do. And maybe that's why you're experiencing some frustration. And maybe that's why God's not blessing your efforts. You'd say, well, God, I'm doing this. Why aren't you blessing? God would say, because I didn't design you to do that. I, I designed you for something else. And that's not my purpose for you. So find your purpose, get your in the right place. And all of a sudden, you'll be amazed at the powerful things God does to your life. Well, it's such strong imagery, uh, just thinking back uh, on, on that statue of David and, and what it took to to create that masterpiece and, and all of the non-masterpiece pieces that had to be removed in order for that yeah. to, to come through. And so, once again, Richard, we, uh, we appreciate you taking the time. And uh, until next week. All right. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.